Yeah. <laughs> 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. With Father McLean and Father Dugan, may I welcome you to Mass here at St Bride's, which is the funeral Mass for James McDermott. Welcome, of course, to his sons and daughters and their spouses and the grandchildren who are present here with us. And welcome also to all those who will be joining us in the audio recording of the Mass. Uh, Many people uh, would have wished to have been here, of course, but unable to be here because of the pandemic itself. And these people send their good wishes and their prayers to the family that are gathered here today. Jimmy himself lived a long life and was much loved uh, by this family. He had, as you know, a warm heart and kindly ways. He could very often sing that would bring a tear to your eye and he could make us all laugh for he had a great sense of fun. Nothing much seemed to get him down. I suppose that for the family itself it seems as if a light has gone out of life but yet at the same time because of our faith we realise that that light itself can never go out. It will always burn brightly. Love never dies, and we gather here to believe in this truth and to live out this truth, that through the mercy and the love of God, love does not die. We are happy to be in these days in which Mass can be offered for Jimmy today on this day of his funeral. There is not the pain of not having a public uh, funeral Mass, but he comes here to this church and leaves from this church with all the blessings and the prayers that we could wish for him. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who through the ending of present things open up the beginning of things to come, grant, we pray, that the soul of your servant James may be led by you to attain the inheritance of an eternal redemption. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Please be seated. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the virtuous are in the hands of God. No torment shall ever touch them. In the eyes of the unwise they did appear to die. Their going looked like a disaster. They're leaving us like annihilation. But they are in peace. And if they experience punishment, as men and women see it, 
Their hope was rich with immortality. Slight was their affliction. Great will their blessings be. God has put them to the test and proved them worthy to be with him. And he has tested them like gold in a furnace and accepted them as a holocaust. And when the time comes for his visitation, they will shine out. As sparks run through the stubble, so will they. They shall judge nations, rule over peoples, and the Lord will be their king forever. They will trust in him. Those who understand the truth and those who are faithful will live with him in love. For grace and mercy await those he has chosen. The word of the Lord. I am sure I shall see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. The Lord is my light and my help. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Before whom shall I shrink? There is one thing I ask of the Lord, for this I long, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to savour the sweetness of the Lord and to behold his temple. O Lord, hear my voice when I call, have mercy and answer. It is your face, O Lord, that I seek, hide not your face. And I am sure I shall see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Hope in him, hold firm, and take heart. Hope in the Lord. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. We know that he who raised the Lord Jesus to life will raise us with Jesus in our turn and put us by his side and you with us. You see, all this is for your benefit so that the more grace is multiplied among you, the more thanksgiving there will be to the glory of God. That is why there's no weakening in our part and instead, though this outer man of ours may be falling into decay, the inner man is renewed day by day. Yes, the troubles which are soon over, through the weight, though they weigh little, train us for the carrying of the weight of an eternal glory, which is out of all proportion to them. And so, we have no eyes for things that are visible, but only for things that are invisible. For visible things last only for a time, and the invisible things are eternal. For we know that when the tent that we live on in earth is folded up, there is a house built by God for us, an everlasting home, not made by human hands, but in the heavens. The word of the Lord. Please stand for the gospel. The Lord be with you. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. And Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still, and trust in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house. If there were not, I should have told you. I am going now to prepare a place for you, and after I have gone and prepared your place, I shall return to take you with me, so that where I am, you may be too. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Not many of us will live till we are 93 years of age. Not many of us will live to see as many things as Jimmy has seen in his life. Seven children and 18 grandchildren, 23 great-grandchildren and two great-grandchildren on the way. He has lived a long life. Not for him to live half a life as some do, or to have his life cut short. Not for him to not live to see the family grow up. He lived to see it all and was delighted to live so long. On his 90th birthday, we had dinner and he was like a man half his age. He laughed, joked, reminisced and was quick-witted as ever he was, and I think that he gave us a few songs as well. A great way to remember him, happy, laughing, and of course, singing at the top of his voice. And in many ways that summed him up, a man with a merry and joyful spirit and a kindly nature. No, not a life cut short but it was a life that was lived and enjoyed to the full. However, over the last few months and more, it was as if the shadows were lengthening. The final days of his life were approaching. And it was, as St. Paul says in that reading, the tent of his life was being rolled up, folded up, and he was preparing to go to that place not made by human hands, but prepared for him in the heavens. The end of the journey was approaching, and the destination to which all the journey had been moving was ever nearer. He was going home to God, to the joy and peace of heaven, and to be reunited with those that he loved, especially his beloved wife, Mary. He was, as you know, a blanter man in his early days. He was the youngest of a family of 13 children. He was born on the 29th of September, 1926. His mother died when he was just 18 months old, 
and thereafter he was brought up by his father and his sister Peggy. He remained close to his family. They were supportive of one another, friendly and fun-loving. He met his future wife, Mary. She was a bus conductress. A short courting of six months followed, and I can only think that Jimmy swept her off her feet with all of that grinning. Pictures taken of them in their youth show them as a very handsome couple indeed. They were married on the 29th of December 1950. Two years later, Anne was born, and then the rest follows, whom I often refer to as the Clampets. Margaret and John and James and Jane and Winnie and Denise. But little did he know, a bus, a full bus, a double-decker was to fall in the years that were to come, a tsunami of children, 18 grandchildren, 23 great-grandchildren and two on the way. Both he and Mary had started it all. They had started the ball rolling. As a married couple, they lived at Flemington, King's Crescent, Westburn, and here, of course, in the high flats at Sherry Heights in Canvas Lang. He worked hard during his working life, heavy industry at Red Pass and Clybridge, and latterly at McVitie's Biscuit Factory as a machine operator. The family themselves never ran short of broken biscuits. I think he would confess, if he was with us today, that the greatest thing that he ever did was to marry Mary. And they were to have a wonderful marriage, 61 years in all. And if they had both lived to today and this year, they would have celebrated 70 years of marriage. The day itself, today, cannot pass without speaking about Mary. She was exceptional, kind, gentle, loving and wise. A woman of great tenderness and kindness, who is missed every day by the family and will be missed always by those who knew her and loved her. Family life was varied growing up, I think. How could it be otherwise than bringing up the clampets? Mary and James would need eyes in the back of their heads to see what you were all up to. But both of them were wonderful parents and grandparents to all the family. And each from the oldest to the youngest feel themselves incredibly blessed by God in James and Mary McDermott and are incredibly proud of them today and rightly so. A few other things about Jimmy. He was a fine dancer with Mary, and both of them liked to take to the floor. He was blessed with an incredible singing voice and could be, as you know, easily persuaded to sing at the top of his voice. And even in old age, had a wonderful depth and range to his voice and could hit very easily those high notes. He had that wonderful ability that good singers have of raising your spirits and making you feel joyful and sad at the same time.
I think often that he sang for the family and that it was as if they were transported back to those Westburn days where he sang to them as children. He didn't have a lot of money uh, bringing up the family, but later they were able to go to holidays in exotic places. They were able to enjoy holidays in faraway destinations in parts of Europe and also in America. He liked, as you know, going to the Ritz, sometimes too much. Mary would often say to me, he knows the way there, Father, but he very often forgets the way back. He was a great friend, as you know, of famous grouse. And of course he liked the other men and they would sort out the woes of the world, but perhaps not remember the next day what they were discussing. They were barroom doctors and lawyers and politicians and football managers and even parish priests, if only people would listen to them. He loved company and especially the company of family. He loved to laugh, to joke, to sing, to talk and to reminisce. And he had a wonderful sense of humour. He was a great parishioner here at St Bride's and helped the parish and the priests in so many different ways, especially in his role as a passkeeper. He was always available to help and to warmly welcome other parishioners here to Mass. Both himself and Mary were great parishioners over the years at St Charles's and also here at St Bride's. And I wish to publicly recognise the great contribution that they have made to this parish. St Paul, in the reading of Mass, says that our tent is rolled up and we find a new home in the heavens, not built by human hands. When this moment comes, it's a sad moment. There is an ending and there is a closing of a book. But in a way it's not sad. In the ending there is a new beginning through the mercy and the love of God. The love and the mercy of God calls us to a new life. Today we thank God for the life of Jimmy. It has been a life that has brought so much joy and happiness into the life of others. He was always smiling, always laughing, always joking, always singing, and always looking on the bright side of life. He had fatherly ways that helped and supported others. He'll be greatly missed, but today in this church we pray for him as he passes from this life, and we ask God to bless him with peace at the end of his long life.
stand. And pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look favourably on our offerings, O Lord, so that your departed servant may be taken up into glory with your Son, in whose great mystery of love we are all united. We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For it's at your summons that we come to birth, by your will that we are governed, and at your command that we return on account of sin to that earth from which we came. And when you give the sign, we who have been redeemed by the death of your Son shall be raised up to the glory of his resurrection. And so with the company of the angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. And in a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant James, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, 
that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. Please stand. We pray together in the words that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your Church, and graciously grant our peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. But only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. For those who wish to receive Holy Communion, instead of coming forward, if you wish the communion just uh, to receive communion, just stand in the place that you are. If you don't want to receive communion, remain seated.
Grant, we pray, O Lord, that your servant James, for whom we have celebrated this sacrament, may pass over to a dwelling place of light and peace. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Thank you. 